young. Tyra, we're tired of all your bitching out there. episode of kombucha hour my name is tyra today i've got a lot of like announcements and things that i want to talk about like that aren't related to the topic so i will put a timestamp in the description so you know like when to fast forward if you don't give a fuck about anything that i have to say <laughs> i promise i'll keep it short too <laughs> you don't have to fast forward too much but i just wanted to say thank you to everybody that supported the new launch of the new merch that i have on my shop my shop is called vegan girl gang i co-own it with my best friend and we make everything handmade and we just launched some two new shirt designs and some masks and it was a really successful launch the past three days have just been so overwhelming and really cool so I just wanted to thank everybody for supporting that because I just I remember telling Kayla's like if we just get five orders I'll be so happy and we definitely got more than five orders so I just I was so overwhelmed I was so extremely happy and driven to create more for you guys so thank you guys so much for supporting that and being so fucking awesome. <laughs> I recently went on a vegan road trip. So basically what I did is that we just drove basically down as far south as we could in California. So probably about like San Diego-ish, which is like seven and a half hours <laughs> just to eat vegan food. And when I tell you I had to smoke so much weed, <laughs> I had to like literally fucking stuff my stomach in order to eat at the various food places that I wanted to eat at. And even then, I still didn't get a chance to eat at every food place that I wanted to eat at. So I'll be posting all of those pics. I did like a highlight on my story on Instagram, my food blog. If you guys don't follow that, it's at another junk food vegan. If you guys want to see all the places that I ate, we stopped in Fresno. We stopped in Bakersfield. We stopped in Santa Ana, LA, downtown LA. We found a vegan grocery store and that was kind of like our last stop. We stopped in San Diego. We went to the beach for a little bit. So we did a lot in I think the two or three days that we had so it was really really fun and if you guys would like to follow that journey it's at another junk food vegan on Instagram and also something funny that I recently found out on Twitter (laughs) is that you guys thought that my username on Twitter was Tyra the Tyrannosaurus or something like that like the dinosaur and so I thought that that was really funny and I wanted to just briefly mention that because like at least six of you guys DM'd me like I listened to your podcast and you mentioned your Twitter handle and I swore it was Tyrannus Tyra the Tyrannosaurus or something and it's Tyra the Taurus so (laughs) I just wanted to like bring that up I don't know why because I just thought that that was really funny and it's interesting to see the different ways that people see things so I just wanted to bring that up also um just as like my last announcement I was featured on the bearded vegans podcast about thug kitchen so that was really cool because I've never I'm an I'm in like a super irrelevant podcast like my podcast is super fucking stupid compared to like all of these like really awesome vegan podcasts so to be featured on a more like official really fucking dope ass vegan podcast was really fucking dope and so yeah I just wanted to shout them out the bearded vegans podcast definitely listen to their thug kitchen series it's like a two-part series and they did a really 
way better job than I did <laughs> um, kind of dissecting the racism and the extreme amount of disregard that the two authors of The Kitchen, the cookbook, who recently changed their name, um, the extreme disregard that they have for Black people, Black lives, Black activists, and Black vegans. So if you guys would like to know more about that, check out the Bearded Vegans podcast. And to piggyback on my vegan road trip that I mentioned earlier, um, I went to the I feel like I also feel like I have a lot more energy for some reason right now because I haven't recorded a podcast in so long and I had already recorded this episode but I mentioned something that recently um, might be kind of triggering especially what's going on with everything on vegan Twitter if you don't know what's going on in vegan Twitter I'm not going to talk about it I haven't talked about it and I don't want to talk about it so don't ask me <laughs> and not in like a bitchy fucked up way which I think people just tend to just hate me on vegan Twitter for whatever the fuck reason I really don't understand it I really keep to myself I don't like to make friends I don't like to tell people things about myself and if I do tell someone something it's something that I would want the timeline to know I don't like to tell people my secrets anyway I'm not going to go off on a tangent but just in recent events of what has happened on vegan twitter I decided to re-record this episode because I had mentioned someone that I no longer associate myself with so I re-recorded this whole episode just because I didn't like the vibe of it anymore anyway so I had already recorded this episode and I feel like I, ha I usually have like a more chill out voice <laughs> and a lot of you guys have said that you listen to my podcast at night because you guys think my voice is calming so I feel like my high energy self is different <laughs> so I apologize if you're like trying to go to sleep and I'm just like woo <laughs> so anyway I'll turn it down and get into my kombucha of the episode which will then lead into the topic that we are talking about so the kombucha of the episode today is I've like literally been staring at this kombucha ever since I got it it was just staring at me in the refrigerator and I wanted to drink it so bad but I don't drink my kombuchas of the episode until it's time to introduce the kombucha of the episode so this kombucha I got from the besties vegan paradise grocery store in downtown LA I believe that's where it is and when I say that I love kombucha, I just genuinely love kombucha. I love all types of kombucha. I love trying different types of kombucha. So when I saw this kombucha, I was like, bless up because this bitch is blue. And I've never seen a blue kombucha before ever. Usually they're just like raspberry or something that's natural. But I've never seen a blue kombucha. This bottle was gorgeous. I just, it immediately caught my eye and I had to get it. So like I said, I got it from the vegan grocery store in downtown LA called I think it's Besties Vegan Paradise or something like that. Definitely check them out. Definitely go support. They also have vegan soft serve, which is really good. So yeah, that was the last stop on my vegan food trip journey. So we're going to try this blue kombucha. I'm very excited. It's giving me fucking Powerpuff Girl Bubbles vibes and I'm so excited. Okay, guys ready for this opening, this reveal? Here we go. One, two, three. Okay, I feel like it was... <laughs> I feel like I hyped it up a lot and it didn't give me that like fizz, that like beautiful ass fizz. But you know what? I shouldn't expect so much from it. You know what? It's like not its job to perform for me. I bought it. It did its job. It's a kombucha. I shouldn't be fucking so critical because it didn't give me a grand finale opening. So <laughs> you're good, boo. Okay, let's try it. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, I actually don't like it. I don't, I don't know. Wait, hold on. The aftertaste is kind of good. Okay, so anyway, let me introduce what it actually is because I realized I didn't do it. 
This is the GTS kombucha limited edition kombucha. It's the 25th anniversary bottle and it's blue and it's called Sacred Life. It's very gorgeous. It's only 60 calories for the whole bottle, but I just feel like the initial taste, I don't really get it. It just tastes like a kombucha, like that kombucha taste with like no flavor, but the aftertaste is really good. Let me try it again. Yeah, see, I don't know. It just tastes like a kombucha with like nothing. Anyway, but I like G- the GTS brand is my favorite, so I'm not hating, but I'm just like, girl, that was not good. <laughs> Anyway, let's get started with the topic of this podcast, which this is something that has been on my mind as a vegan ever since I first went vegan. It's something that I thought about, like it was one of my first controversial takes in my head because I feel like I'm queen of controversial takes. It was one of the first controversial topics that I had in my brain that I didn't quite understand and that I thought that this is something that majority of vegans won't agree with. When I started the research for this podcast episode, there wasn't really any anything that I could find on the topic online, which is why I really wanted to discuss this to kind of open and start the conversation because it surprised me that I couldn't really find a lot of vegans opinions on this subject. So I did take to social media. I did take to all of my social medias to kind of get more of a concrete idea just to kind of spark the conversation and hopefully other podcasts or other blogs that are vegan might take on this topic and kind of expand on my opinion, disagree with my opinion agree on my opinion and just kind of start this conversation so I'm excited to do that because I don't think I have done that yet so the first place that I went to kind of get more information on this topic and if you guys don't know what I'm talking about based off of the title of this podcast episode we are going to be talking about if buying animals from slaughter is ethical I feel like I need to be very detailed because people are going to take this and try and spin it however much that they can. So what I mean is buying animals from slaughter ethical. I mostly mean is buying an animal who otherwise have been, you know, killed, especially at a very young age, is buying those animals from slaughter ethical or not. This is a very controversial topic. Different people have different opinions. I've noticed that a lot of activists who do a lot of open rescue activists would say no. And then I notice a lot of vegans who are more um, just really sympathetic towards animals. Not saying that the open rescue activists aren't. Clearly they are. They are risking their lives, risking their health, and risking so much to save animals. They clearly care about animals a lot, but I just think that there's a divide when it comes to this question. The topic of this podcast is going to be is buying animals from slaughter ethical. And what I mean by that is I don't mean is buying pets from like a breeder ethical. Even though it could be cruel at first, they could have been kept in extremely terrible conditions while they were being bred. But at the end of the day, they are usually given up for like a auction or a price or being sold to a family that are more likely to actually give that animal that pet a home that is loving versus a slaughterhouse animal or a farm animal typically obviously not in not even typically just majority of the time is not going to get a life full of love and care and being able to live out their natural full life unharmed and unexploited. What I mean is buying animals from slaughter ethical. I don't mean is buying a pet ethical. I mean if their end goal is death, if their end kind of <laughs> destiny is to be killed, that's what I mean. I don't mean is like if 
even though I know animals, whatever, you know, like pet stores and stuff like that. I just wanted to make that distinction because I saw that a lot of people were trying to compare it to buying pets. And I necessarily don't really think that that's the same thing because I do think that those animals will be bought to live out their full lives with a family versus a cow if they aren't bought at auction to be sent to a sanctuary would be sent to more than likely slaughter or to be used for a profit or to be used for like exploitation basically so like I said I couldn't really find a lot of information from different sources to kind of help shape my opinion and the first place that I went to to kind of look for more information on this topic was YouTube and I searched buying animals from slaughter and the only videos that really came up were vegans showing meat eaters like slaughterhouse footage for you know like a reaction and after like three pages of like trying to find someone talking about this topic I still couldn't find it so I changed my search from like buying animals from slaughter to buying animals from an auction and I found this YouTube channel called the Skies Family and the video is called rescuing three animals at a livestock auction house and they go to a livestock animal auction to you know obviously buy different types of livestock animals and so a minute into the video the girl kind of tells her husband that they are going to an animal auction where the reviews state that the animals usually look really sick and unhealthy and their goal is to become a 501c and to have their own animal sanctuary full of like different types of rescue animals and at this point in the video I still don't know if they're vegan or not and at the end of the video I still don't know if they're vegan or not so I really can't tell you if this is they are saving these animals because they're vegan or if they just care about animals being auctioned off so I'm just putting that out there so I skipped to like three and a half minutes into the 10 minute video and something that I noticed right away is the disclaimer that was put at the bottom of their video which stated that the auction house has a strict no photography policy so all a lot of the footage from the actual auction was blurred out and that should be a red flag and the reason that I'm bringing this up is because I want to paint a picture of what these animals go through before we determine whether or not it is ethical to buy them I think that the conversation has to be from the point of view of the animal versus the point of view of the vegan or the point of view of the person answering the question so I want to be able to paint a picture of what a farm animal goes through before they go to slaughter or before they go to auction or during an actual auction so that we can kind of put ourselves in that perspective even though we never can fully know what it's like to be that animal or in that position obviously if the auction needs to be blurred out that probably is for a reason because a lot of the animals like they said in the reviews are extremely sick are extremely unhealthy and just the fact that you're auctioning off a live being an actual being is really bizarre and I think that more people are becoming more woke to that even though we still have a lot of ignorance and as a black person I feel like this is my right to make this comparison and I don't want white vegans to take what I'm saying and think that they can make this comparison because it usually doesn't end in um 
quits the right word. It usually doesn't make people want to go vegan. And it's not to say that what you're saying isn't right. It's just that it usually turns people off hearing this from a white person. So if you're going to make this comparison, make sure you are quoting an actual person of color, especially if you're going to talk about what I am talking about right now. Please don't say it from your perspective. Please quote another black vegan or another activist when you're talking about these types of comparisons because they can be very, very triggering to large groups of people. I have to ask myself how we as a society who have mostly when I'm talking about this, I'm usually talking about leftist, liberals, woke people, woke beings who claim to be against oppression, who claim to be against discrimination, who claim to be against slavery, still actively uphold slavery. And when I was telling my mom about me doing the po- this podcast episode, this was the first thing she brought up too. So I know a lot of black people can make this connection, which is why I wanted to bring this up. Obviously, we used to have live auctions of human beings. And I think we can all come to a consensus that auctioning off human beings is wrong. And when you really look at the comparison, if you look back at old auctions of slaves, of enslaved people, I don't like to really say slaves because they aren't slaves, they are enslaved. So when we really look at different posters from people who were enslaved that were being auctioned off, you see like tall, um, fit black male or Negro or whatever derogatory term they wanted to use on their poster. Or they say lump or hardworking African-American women, childbearing or, you know, they use different types of lingo and different types of words and stuff like that that are very dehumanizing. And Yes, that is dehumanizing, but it's also just extremely oppressive. And I think that that's the word that I want to use because I don't want human to be attached to this. I think if we as a society can decide that auctioning off human beings is wrong, I think that that's a pretty, I know there's probably some Republican crazy motherfuckers out there who think that black people should still be auctioned off. But I think as a majority consensus, and I don't even want to say majority because I don't have data on that and I hate speaking out of my ass, but I think a lot of especially in liberal leftist, you know, the stereotypical people who use their brain when they're thinking politically, right? Um, When you, you really think about it, is auctioning off a being wrong? I think we can come to a consensus that auctioning off an actual life is weird, right? It's fucking bizarre. And so to impose that same type of discrimination, that same type of oppressive behavior onto other beings is absolutely disgusting. It's wrong. And just to look, you really need to look at it. Because I think when it comes time to answer the question, is buying animals ethical? We really have to think about the life of what this animal is going to go through before they reach slaughter or before they reach auction or during an auction. When I was talking to my mom about this, we were talking about the different ways that black people were auctioned off and how awful it was to be one separated from your family, like gawked over have your life have a price put on your life and obviously animals don't know that I just got sold for 20 bucks like clearly they don't know the concept of money but they do know they're not stupid they are aware of their surroundings they're aware that they are in this cage usually kept in this cage it's extremely hot majority when I was watching this YouTube channel they said that they didn't have any water they said that the animals were there being auctioned off for hours without any water without any food they were kept in awful small 
gross, disgusting cages. Some of them were fucking stuck in feces. That nasty ass shit. So when we ask ourselves, do we think auctioning off human beings is wrong? Usually people will say, yes, we think doing that is wrong. So if you aren't vegan, I really, really hope that this doesn't come across as shaming you because I know a lot of the times when vegans are just talking in normal animal conditions, people think that it's coming from a place of shame. I'm coming from a place of trying to reason, to trying to pull out that compassion that I know that you have for human beings and that you have for other beings like cats and dogs. We can say that cats and dogs don't belong in cages. We are all against the Yulin Dog Festival. But when it comes time to apply those same things to other beings typically we have different we accept a lot more so I know that's a huge tangent that I went on and I'm going to edit this and be like why did I talk about this for so long hey guys I am editing this and I 100% just wanted to say that I am asking myself why I talked about that for so long and how that related to what I was talking about and I'm sorry that I went off on like a huge ass tangent anyway love you guys bye but I just wanted to really point out how awful it is to put a price on someone's life to already know the day that you want to kill someone the day they're born right like male chicks for example their lifespan their average lifespan is 24 hours really think about this (laughs) so when it comes time to say should we buy these animals from a lifetime of slavery from a generation of slavery from a ancestry of slavery I think that's something that we really need to consider when asking ourselves this question so as I continue to watch the YouTube video from this family this was about six minutes in from this YouTube video they start to talk about their experience being at the auction and how they were tried to detach people from feeling bad for the animals there the lady who I couldn't 100% tell what she was saying but around like six minutes and like 10 seconds I think you can hear exactly what she says for yourself but when I turned on the captions this is what the captions said so I don't know if this is exactly what she said because it was kind of hard to get the exact words but this is what the captions wrote so she was describing this sign that she saw while she was waiting to bid on the animals that they wanted to rescue she described seeing this sign that said people eat tasty animals which was there to remind you that these beings these sentient lives these beings that just want to love and give off love and just be loved these innocent innocent sentient beings are there strictly to be eaten exploited for their body parts and their secretions when I talked a little bit about slavery because I do think that as a black vegan when I talk about slavery and making comparisons I'm not equating the two issues they are very different in so many different kinds of ways but I also think that putting things into a human perspective is a little bit easier for us to sympathize with back when I studied a little bit of history they would use different signs and obviously the they wouldn't make these black people seem like they were humans right we all kind of know that they treated them like they were some kind of aliens like they were actual livestock they didn't treat them like human beings that love that feel that hurt that have pain they treated them straight up like actual 
livestock animals. Using different ways to detach people from having emotion for exploited beings is kind of a way for the oppressor to keep oppressing. Especially when it comes to animals, when we put these little bacon is really good or who cares about stupid pigs. When we use or like when we do different things like that to try to detach ourselves from the fact that these we are all living breathing sentient beings when you try to make yourself feel better than something when you try to make yourself feel superior or something it's easier to not have sympathy or any emotion for them so that's kind of what they were doing at this auction right they were saying they had different signs everywhere that kind of reminded you that these cows and pigs and chickens aren't for loving they're not for being cared for they are to be eaten and exploited so that's something that I wanted to point out at the auction where she saw the sign that said people eating tasty animals it's another way to detach people from having any type of emotion because naturally we are compassionate beings I believe I believe that naturally we don't want to cause harm it's a way to keep humans from feeling any type of sympathy for oppressed beings and so it's important to remember that this is actual enslavement they are selling these animals at these auctions for as low as twenty dollars two of the pigs that this family bought they bought for twenty dollars i think two of them were I think that they were two for twenty dollars or they were twenty dollars each but either way like can you imagine you being sold for $20, your child being sold for $20, your family, your mom, your fucking, even your dog. Can you imagine someone stole your dog from you and is selling them for $20? That is what we view these animals as. 20, they're worth $20 fucking dollars. And something that, and this is a trigger warning because it is very, 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 very sad what I'm about to say. So just warning you, but the girl in this video said that some of the baby animals at this auction still had their umbilical cords attached to them. Like how fucking sick and sad and wrong is this? Like as a species that claims to be one of the most intelligent species, we are absolute monsters to these animals. We treat them like fucking trash. Sorry, I get so passionate when it comes to talking about oppression because it's so it's one of those things that are so unnecessary. We don't need to repress these beings. If everybody on the planet that was able to go vegan and I'm not talking about the people who um, can't go vegan at this exact moment because I know that's where the conversation always wants to go like I can't go vegan for x y and z I am talking about the people which is the majority of the population who can go vegan who might not know that a lot of the foods that they eat already that is vegan like pasta and peanut butter and jelly and ramen and rice and beans and takis and ruffles and lays like things that everybody eats already they just don't know is vegan so I'm talking about the people who clearly can go vegan I'm not talking about the people who can't but if everybody on the planet who could go vegan went vegan we could eliminate so much unnecessary oppression that's the thing it's like this is unnecessary when I'm talking about indigenous people who are surviving off the land I'm not talking about them because what they're doing is necessary for them to survive they're not unnecessarily causing harm what I'm talking about different people living and developing I hate that word quote-unquote developing areas I'm not talking about the people who need to raise animals to kill them to eat them in order to feed their family and survive it's a hundred percent necessity I'm not talking about those people I'm talking about the people who can which is 
especially when we're talking about first world nations, majority of those people can go vegan. And if if those people cared, we could eliminate not only majority of our food emissions, but we could also eliminate so much unnecessary oppression in the world. And when we talk about obviously third world areas or developing areas, I don't know the right word. I tried to Google this a while ago and it's just such a controversial what the right thing to call these areas are, but poorer countries, they aren't eating like buffalo wild wings and fucking steak. They're eating rice and beans and maybe some fish that's local. They're not eating these luxurious meats that I think people tend to think it costs a lot of money. It costs a lot of time and a lot of water and a lot of land to raise especially things like cows and stuff like that. A lot of these areas, they're not the problem. They're not the ones causing this unnecessary oppression. They're not the ones causing so much environmental harm. It's the people who can go vegan that actively choose not to. The people who can go vegan that actively just decide that they don't care about forms of oppression that they should care about. We're talking about actual baby animals. To sell a baby animal that was fresh that just came out of their mother with the umbilical cord still attached. That takes like such a special kind of evil that humans possess because I can't think of any other animal that just takes a newborn baby just for the fuck of it outside of survival. There is not another species that I can think of that does that. We are the only ones that unnecessarily exploit animals when we don't have to. So sorry to get off on like this tangent, but it just makes me so angry to think about the fact that we have so much oppression that we can eliminate. Like I said, sorry to get off on a tangent. I also just wanted to point out that these animals at this auction, that these two people, this family, this YouTube channel that I'm talking about, they bought these two what they call mini pigs. I know that that's controversial. I'm not going to get into mini pigs. That's just what they call them. So that's what I'm going to say. They ended up adopting these two mini pigs. That's what they call them. They said that the pigs were bleeding and they had sores all over their body. They were missing pretty large chunks of hair and they were in really bad, awful shape. They were so cute but they were definitely exploited so like I said one of the pigs that they ended up getting a couple of animals they got the too many pigs and they ended up getting another pig who they said was one of the only pigs that had water in their crates so these animals like I said literally go hours without water to have their lives auctioned off to humans for like ridiculously low prices and when the pigs first arrived to you know the home of this youtubers they were fighting each each other for water which is so sad to think about all the other lives that didn't get rescued that day that won't be loved that won't get water immediately that won't feel comfort when they go to sleep you know what I mean it's just really sad to think about the animals that didn't get rescued by this family that night and I'm not saying that there probably weren't other people maybe there that were rescuing but I highly doubt it a lot of these people will buy these animals to raise to then slaughter so it's really sad to think about these animals not not ever really experiencing love something as really really simple as love to end kind of giving you the perspective of what these animals go through before they are auctioned off or before they are sent to slaughter so that we can really ask ourselves the question is buying animals ethical I wanted to also take you through a actual farm because I took you through the auction process which is where you know 
the dilemma of if buying them for a price is ethical or not. I wanted to take you to an actual farm where these animals were more than likely either end up or where their family has come from or somewhere in their lineage. This is where the animals were more than likely end up in this type of situation if they are not saved from auction. So I decided to check out an actual vegan visiting an actual farm so I can give you their perspective. Obviously, I went to the vegan Jesus, Earthling Ed. Earthling Ed is a vegan activist that I'm sure a majority of you have heard of before, but if you haven't, his name is Earthling Ed. He has a podcast called The Disclosure. It's really good. You guys should check it out. And his content has helped a lot of people go vegan and has been really impactful in people's lives. Definitely check him out. He's a lot smarter than me. (laughs) So I went to his video called Vegan Visits a Dairy Farm. And Earthling Ed visits one of the largest dairy farms he's ever seen. And he's seen a lot of farms. He's been to a lot of different farms and things like that. So this is probably the largest he's ever seen. So I think that it's it gives you a pretty good representation of what farms are like. The animals are standing in what looks like massive piles of shit. There's mold. I saw urine and dirt. And Earthling Egg describes the smell as just one of the most disgusting smells he's ever smelled in his life. And this is where the cows pretty much exist. They sleep there. This is where the cows pretty much exist for majority of their lives. These are their conditions. They are stamped with a number on them so they can keep track of different cows. And you can see how attentive the new mother cows are with their newborn babies. They are super aware of their young and they really want to protect them. And you can see this when you actually watch the video when people are coming around their child, just like any mother, they are very, very protective of their newborn child. I don't know why humans for some reason think that animals don't care about their young and their offspring. It's one of those stereotypes that I just don't really understand. But these cows are very, very, very attentive to their newborn calves. And just as I was writing my notes, I usually make notes for each podcast. And just as I was writing about how attentive the mother was to her new calf, not even realizing what was about to happen, a man comes into the frame with this huge wheelbarrow looking device. He opens this wheel the cage that's like attached to the wheelbarrow thing and he grabs this newborn baby by their fucking neck and tries to you know like force the baby into the cage which obviously the baby is like um what the fuck are you doing like why are you putting me in this fucking cage and so the calf starts trying to like fight back like bitch what the fuck and you know the mother calf is like trying to stop the man from like taking her baby because naturally that's what you're gonna fucking do and the calf just looks like absolutely terrified about like what's happening to them and then like without a goodbye without any type of closure, the mother is completely separated for her child for the rest of her existence. And this will happen to her over and over and over again until she dies from like actual depression and exhaustion and exploitation. These animals literally will collapse from depression, exploitation, and exhaustion. And if they end up being a fighter, they typically only live for about a year or two. Um, Yes, the cows that you see and that you eat are sadly baby animals. They have a lifespan of over 25 years. I think it's either 20 to 25 years is their lifespan. Yet, 
their actual lifespan in a farm is about one to three years. So if they don't naturally collapse from depression, exhaustion, and exploitation, they are killed and used for slaughter. Their bodies are slaughtered to be used for meat. So that's what happens to these cows. And so the mother of the calf literally starts chasing her newborn at like full speed. These cows are not slow. This cow is like chasing their newborn baby at like full speed, like any other mother would. And I, like I said, it's absolutely bizarre to think that just because an animal isn't human that they're incapable of wanting to protect their young. That is a stereotype that makes no sense. Of course, animals have a motherly instinct just like any other mother would. And the man closes the cage and again grabs the calf by her neck and then forces her into this extremely small pen where she can barely turn around in. I really highly recommend checking out this actual video from Earthling Ed because me describing it like a fucking dumbass is not the best way to get the full picture of what's happening. But basically, the calf was separated from their mother to be put into this little small pen where they barely can lay down and they definitely can't turn around and be free or move around like, you know, newborn calves and like newborn babies. They like freedom and to move around and to stretch their legs and to explore. You know, they are exploring this new area and they are deprived of that opportunity. Earthling Ed then goes back to pet the newborn calf that was just taken from her mom and she looks extremely terrified. You can see it in the calf's eyes. It reminded me of how my dog looks at me when he knows I'm about to leave to like go to work or go to the store or something he looks at me like with these saddest puppy dog eyes like he knows what's happening he knows that he's gonna be separated from me for a little bit of time but the difference is is that I'm going to come back and like literally give him the most attention versus this newborn calf is never going to see their mom again and I think that that's something that we really need to keep in mind when we're asking ourselves is it ethical to buy these animals from this lifetime of enslavement earthling ed then goes back from the calf back to the mother of the newborn that was just stripped from their mom. I know that's confusing. He went to go visit the newborn that was taken and now he's going back to visit the mom and the mother who has I don't know the right term for it but just like you know newborn motherly shit (laughs) hanging from her vagina still that will show you how new that baby was born. That mother still had fucking motherly shit hanging from their vagina like we're talking actual hours that this cow was born now they are being taken away from their mother actual hours that this baby was just born and they're already being being taken away from their mom they are typically taken away from their mom within 24 hours of birth because they want the mother who just gave birth to the cow they don't want the newborn to drink the milk they want to be able to package that milk and ship that out to us so that we can consume it and we can drink it instead of actual babies to consume and to drink so that's just also something to keep in mind I know not everybody who listens to this is vegan and they're probably like why the fuck do they need to take the newborn calf away that just seems really cool 
it's because it is really cruel <laughs> and they're literally doing it so that we can use their milk for different animal products. So that's just also something to keep in mind. The mother of the newborn calf just looks absolutely horrified and so upset and confused about what happened to her baby. And it's just kind of sad to think that that baby will never be breastfed. She will never be comforted. She will never be licked or seen by her mother again. And that's what we are supporting when we choose to consume animal products instead of plant-based products. So the question remains, is it ethical to save these animals from these types of conditions? And it's really a tough decision. Obviously, I feel like from the way I set up my podcast, normally I set up my podcast. I try to give you guys the information and then I will give you my opinion at the end to kind of not shape your opinion because I want you to be able, when I am offering you my opinion, it's only so that you know what the opposing person is thinking in their head so that you can use what I feel to make your opinion stronger or on the contrary you can use what I'm saying to change your opinion to further because you were given further information so either way we all have different opinions on this topic clearly my opinion is I believe that it is ethical to buy animals from slaughtered from auction to save their life but this is a controversial decision that a lot of my friends disagree with me a lot of my vegan activist friends disagree with me so this isn't something that is concrete like that majority of vegans feel this way or majority of vegans feel that way this is one of those decisions that is really really hard for most vegans to kind of decide so I took to Twitter at around 11 15 a.m. I don't remember the date because now it was a while ago because I had to re-record this episode but I asked my followers on my Twitter which if you guys don't follow me again it's at Tyra the Taurus like the zodiac sign not like the dinosaur (laughs) but I asked my followers what they thought on this topic and this is exactly what I tweeted when I asked the question. I tweeted, is buying animals from slaughter or permanent enslavement to save their life ethical? Feel free to respectfully state your stance and start the conversation. And the results kind of shocked me because I was mostly expecting people to disagree with me because a lot of my vegan friends are activists and activists typically because there's a difference between being a vegan and being a vegan activist, right? You could be vegan. You could not buy animal products. You could not buy products tested on animals and you're still vegan. But that doesn't make you an activist. I, in my opinion, and this is also controversial, but this is my opinion. I believe if you're an activist, you're actively you know, the act and activist, you're actively speaking out against the oppression of animals. And I believe that would make you a vegan activist. So there's a difference, right? In my opinion. So a lot of my vegan activist friends disagree with me on this topic. Um, So I was really surprised at the results of this poll. So when I asked the question is, is buying animals from slaughter or permanent enslavement to save their life ethical? Out of almost around 700 votes, 78% of people said it was ethical versus the 22% who said that it wasn't ethical to purchase animals from slaughter. People um, stated their opinion, which is 
awesome because I wanted to spark this conversation and I'm so happy that the conversation was being able to be conducted in a very respectful manner. So I'm just going to go through the comments and kind of comment on them and give you guys other perspectives before I immediately give you my perspective. So some people, um, I'm not going to read the usernames because I didn't ask people ahead of time if that was okay. But one comment said that the animal sanctuary that they visit talked about this topic a little bit, which is awesome because I'm so glad to hear the perspective of different actual animal sanctuaries and their sanctuary so that they don't buy animals to save them because it's still putting money into the meat and dairy industry. And that's kind of the consensus that I think a lot of people who disagree with me on this topic come to. They say that you are still putting money into the meat and dairy industry. And my take on this, because I know that this is like that's usually the thing that people say when they disagree with me, which I understand 100%. Um, It's not something that I am like, I don't get how you feel that way. <laughs> but as someone that has just lost a lot of people in their life, like lives that I'll never be able to really get back and ask them questions and get their perspective on things and just talk to them. As someone who has lost a lot of people, really value life individual lives and I understand that the perspective of people is that if you give meat eater or meat um, the meat industry more money they will further use that money to bring more lives into this world to further exploit and I understand that and I get that completely which is why I'm I'm such a huge supporter of open rescue I think that's one of the best things that you could ever do. I know my co-worker is going to take me to this um, slaughterhouse that he goes to to bear witness and he invited me to come with him and he sometimes can catch chickens that have escaped the slaughterhouse which is kind of crazy to think about because they keep the chickens in such awful conditions and then these rankety ass cages that sometimes the chickens can escape. So I think that that's one of the best things that you can do because you're not giving money to the industry because I totally get that perspective. So I do understand that it is putting more money into the meat industry when you are buying these animals. But I always think of it like this, like if I buy a vegan product from a meat company, yeah, they're maybe going to understand that I bought that meat. I bought that meat alternative or I bought that vegan cheese. So that will show them that there's more of a demand for plant-based products, but it's still going into the hands of a company that exploits animals by like the billions, obviously, right? And I also like to think of the fact that at least I'm saving like a life. And like I said, that that's usually what I go to and I think that people can understand where I'm coming from I would a hundred percent buy a human from slavery I would a hundred percent save a human with my fucking money if I had it from slavery I would buy them from human trafficking I would buy them from exploitation if I a hundred percent could and I don't care who that money is going to I don't care if they're going to use that money to further exploit someone else there is no way that I could look that being in the eye and say that I'm sorry I'm not going to save you I just couldn't do it and I understand that people are going to be like tired no you can't have that viewpoint I get it I get I 
totally get what they're saying, but I would want it done for me and I would want it done for my mom and I would want it done for my best friend and any person that I care about in my life. I would want their lives to be saved. I can't selfishly say that I would save a human, but I wouldn't save an animal. That's kind of my viewpoint when it comes to answering this question is that I can't, I hate thinking of things with like exceptions to the rule. And I know there is exceptions to every rule, but I hate that inconsistency. I need to be consistent. So if I in my head say that I would save a human from slavery with money and I would give that money to the oppressor, to the person who was doing the enslaving, but I wouldn't do it for an animal, that just seems inconsistent to me. I saw something that I didn't even really think about was that, let me find it. So I'll just read the comment and it said, yes, because every rescued animal is going to convert many non-vegans that interact with them. There's a girl in my city who has a rescued pig that she walks in the neighborhood with like a dog. And that pig alone has changed the minds of hundreds of people according to her and I also think that that's something that we didn't that we that I've never even thought about is if I were to buy an animal from auction and I gave that money to the meat industry yes that is one of the casualties that fucking sucks but I think that that animal could be served and used as an inspiration to help more people go vegan. I could explain the conditions that not only the pig that I rescued or the cow that I rescued or the chicken that I rescued was kept in and the, but the conditions that the other animals were kept in and you can use that pig or that cow or that chicken's life and story as an inspiration to help other people go vegan and I think that that's also something that I never really considered that I think is very impactful it's just something that I didn't really consider so that's another perspective that maybe someone else hasn't really thought of and the last question that I'm going to read is actually from my friend Marika so I'm pretty sure she won't mind that I'm shouting her out but she obviously disagrees with me. I knew Marika was going to disagree with me, <laughs> um, but I love her. There's no hate. There's no fucking beef. I love that. I love her. So there's no hate. But she said, no, while we still may be saving that one animal, we are still replacing that animal with another who will face the same oppression and brutal ending we just saved the prior individual from. So open rescue it is because we won't replace someone if we don't know they're missing. And I also think that that is a um, good point. Open rescue is obviously one of the most ideal ways of saving animals one of the best ways that we can actively save animals without having to give that money to the meat industry so I definitely support open rescue but I think that this is a perspective that a lot of people don't keep in mind when they offer open rescue as a viable option and here's the perspective that I think a lot of people don't really think about obviously rescuing is ideal right but there is a boatload of issues that come with rescuing especially for people of color and in particularly black vegans or black activists that are saving these animals I have no issue with actually risking my life and going to jail for what I believe in which is why I constantly wanted to visit the animal liberation conference that's in Berkeley every year to start my journey into open rescuing and to um, actual activism I would do this for or any other being, like I said, I, any other being on the planet, I would I would want to save them. I don't care if they're humans or children or animals or whatever. If something is being held against their will, 
that is oppression and someone who wants to actively be against oppression have to actively fight the system and a lot of the times that involves putting your life on the line and I think that that is such a rare quality in me that I have I'm not boosting my own bubble I don't think I'm superior to anyone because I believe that way but that's something that I have always thought that I don't mind fucking putting my life on the line to save someone else to save to make a statement to start a revolution to spark a revolution I have no problem doing that even as a black woman especially but obviously not everyone is as passionate or as dedicated to saving lives as I may be so I believe and it's not that they're not passionate or dedicated to doing it I don't even really like the fact that I use those words they just aren't willing to go to some of the lengths that I would go to and I think that that's a hundred percent valid and that's a hundred percent okay and there's nothing wrong with that I believe the small minority of people feel the way that I feel that they would actively risk their lives to spark a revolution I don't think that many people feel that way but the small minority of people who do feel that way the same way as me who would actively risk their life should definitely pursue open rescue because it's extremely it's an extreme rare quality to have it's extremely dangerous especially as a person of color especially as a black person it is extremely rare to put yourself in a situation where you will be actively participating in spaces where police will be involved especially since as a society we don't even in woke leftist liberal spaces we don't value vegans at all and I can 100% say that especially and I'm talking about in leftist woke liberal spaces typically uh, like for example I fight a lot with Black Lives Matter I've been to plenty of Black Lives Matter protests and plenty of Black Lives Matter groups and Facebook pages and all of that and when a black activist gets gets arrested or detained or something like that everybody is very concerned for their well-being everybody wants to donate to their cause everybody wants to help them When it comes to vegans that get arrested for open rescue, that get arrested for or detained for saving an animal or doing something where they are actively saving a life, the same courtesy is not used. (laughs) And I have definitely seen that. I had a Facebook group that I belong to. It's like a Black Lives Matter activist Facebook group that I belong to. And one of them posted this post about the activist that was recently killed at a vigil I think her name was Reagan Russell or Reagan I know was her first name I'm pretty sure I think that's her name and I apologize for not knowing that because that's I felt awful about what happened to her but she was an activist that was I believe killed by one of the semi-trucks that were transporting an animal the animals to slaughter or something like that so She was recently killed and one of the people in the Facebook group, and this is a pretty liberal leftist woke ish, you know, like when you know what I mean? Like those type of people, people who are talking about discrimination and oppression and all of that all day long, shared a article about what happened to Reagan and was like, you shouldn't have been putting your life on the line for animals you shouldn't have been doing that like that's what you get like blah 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 all this stuff and so many people are agreeing saying these dumb vegans blah 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 this and at the end of the day all she was doing was actively fighting against a different form of oppression than you and you decided that their life was less valuable than someone who's fighting for an oppression against oppression of humans so 
I completely get as a black vegan that you would be awfully terrified to put yourself in a situation with police and especially when it comes to veganism because you are just looked at as complete scum of the earth. You are literally a piece of salt in the ocean. You are just fucking useless. You know what I mean? So I completely understand a black person not wanting to put themselves in that situation And so, like I said, especially as a black person, it's hard to voluntarily put myself in the situation of open rescue, which is where I think white allies um, in vegan spaces should come into the picture and should step up to this plate that if you are willing to put yourself in situations of open rescue, you should and you shouldn't be shaming people of color if they don't want to be in that space. Right. Because that's not fucking cool. But I do challenge you as a, if you are a person of color or a black person who would put your life on the line for humans, but wouldn't put your life on the line for non-humans. I really, I'm not going to judge you, but I would like you to ask yourself why. Why do you think one form of oppression is better or more worthy than other forms of oppression? Just because those people experiencing those beings those animals experiencing that form of oppression can't check you on the fact that you are actively upholding their oppression is it because they don't speak the same language as you and they can't check you because you would check any other being that wouldn't want to actively fight against your oppression right and I'm not saying you have to put your life on the line I'm not judging you like I said this whole spiel was about The fact that open rescue is not an option for some people of color and it shouldn't be if they don't want it to be because it is such an awful position to put yourself in and knowing that you're going to encounter the police. So like I said, I'm not judging you and you shouldn't either. And obviously we don't need to get into, you know, statistics and history, but we already know statistically black people are more likely to die in police custody compared to any other race of people. So when it comes to open rescue where people have to be arrested, black activists have to think about not only the lives of these animals that they're going to save but they're going to have to think about their life as well if they're going to come out alive at the end of this and we know we're more likely to die compared to our white vegan animal allies so I think when the convo comes about buying animals from auctions, it's definitely an option for non-white and black vegans who don't feel comfortable taking that chance. And that's valid to me. And I understand the criticism 100%, but I believe that the life of an animal and their story can inspire others to go vegan. There are so many different forms of activism, and I can't tell a black vegan activists that they should risk their lives to save animals when we know statistically a white vegan would be less likely to be killed in custody. Obviously, there are situations where death is involved in vegan activist spaces. Like I said, with Reagan, um, she was killed outside of the slaughterhouse truck vigil um, and she was white. I'm not trying to make it seem like white people can't also be killed in vegan activist spaces because of course they can. And we see the deaths of white allies in all different forms of social justice issues. But let's not try to act like white activists are more oppressed. And this isn't to play like the oppression Olympics because at the end of the day, no one likes vegans. Like I said, our lives are literally a nuisance to a lot of people. So when you see that a vegan died in the headlines, most people probably won't care. And that's just the reality of the situation. But to ignore the statistics of how 
black people are more likely to be brutally and fatally harassed by police is naive of white allies. That's just something to think about. Obviously, you can still agree with everything I just said and still disagree about buying animals from auctions. And that's still valid because there are obviously other forms of activism. But I think actually saving a life, whether that be from a purchase of an animal or in rescue is valid. That animal is grateful for you. You saved their entire lineage. You can now share their story and inspire the world with their existence. You can give them love that they never thought that they would ever receive. And I think both forms are extremely valid and I'm grateful to everyone who was involved in saving the lives of animals. I would do anything to save a life, whether that be to buy them or to steal them. So I'm just being real with you. I would want someone to save my life and my future lineage lives. even if that required funding my oppressor. I mean, we fund oppressors that will continue to exploit and enslave other beings all the time. So why not do it if in return I get to save an animal and their entire lineage from further exploitation? I'm going to end this podcast because I feel like I have dumped a lot of heavy information. This was a really, really hard podcast to record. I apologize that it took me so long to get it out, but I'm happy I was able to re-record it because I feel like I included a lot more than I did before. It seems a lot less rushed than I typically Then the first recording, I, again, welcome you to DM me. I love when you guys DM me about my podcast and give me your opinions about episodes. If you are drinking your kombucha out of your wine glass like you should be, please take a picture of it and tag me on Twitter and Instagram at kombucha hour. That would really be awesome. And, and, and I know this is a lot to ask, but if you guys could please, 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 Give me a five star rating (laughs) on Apple Podcasts. That would really help when it comes to boosting my podcast and the search results and getting more people exposed to the perspective of a black vegan. I think it's really important, whether that's my perspective or another black vegans podcast. Just make sure you guys are reviewing those podcasts. And if you hate my podcast and you hate me, just kidding. Don't review it. I'm just lying. That's not even a thing to do, right? Like that's not even an option. You can't ever, never, you can't review podcasts, right? (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) Um, I've been talking for so long. I hate the sound of my own voice. I've got to go. I've got to pass away. Goodbye.